and welcome to the Christian Formation Podcast, where we exist to connect the story of God with the story of man. We believe that all of our lives and stories fit within God's bigger story, and our desire is to help you, the listener, see all of your life in light of God and his story. Today I'm joined by Andrew Rutten, the pastor here at Providence Church, and my name is Raven Daniel, and we are discussing... Church membership? We are discussing... (laughs) Did you forget? (laughs) I completely forgot. What do you mean you forgot? (laughs) We're starting over. Today we are discussing church membership, specifically the novel Congregation's Authority by Jonathan Lehman. And so, Andrew, can you tell us a little bit about this book and why we read it for our membership classes? Yeah, so um, this book is actually a part of a, a little series. I think it's Nine Marks um, that puts it out, and it's like a understanding series. So it's like understanding baptism, understanding the Lord's Supper, understanding congregation's authority is the one we're talking about today. And so they're, they're really little books. So if you're interested in some different topics like this, the series is really helpful. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's a tiny book, like 50, 75 pages, something like that, really small. Um, this one specifically is basically talking about church membership and what does it mean for you as a, a part of the congregation? Um, what's the weight, responsibility, and specifically the authority that you carry? as a church member. Um, and so we, we've been reading this, uh, I think every membership class that we've done, we've only done a handful, but I think for everyone, we've had every uh, church member read this book or they're supposed to read this book. I don't know if everyone has, (laughs) but, um, we, we chose it because what Jonathan Lehman, um, does is he really helps I think push people um, further down the line from where we usually are when we think of church membership. So here's what I mean by that. In our conversations, we've, we have like 90 some members, I think now at Providence Church, we've done a handful of classes. So let's say 95 members. Almost everyone that I've talked to, which isn't all 95, but a good majority of them that I've talked to about the membership process, most of them have said certain things like, um, I thought church membership was just um, kind of signing my name up to say I'm kind of a part of this church. Or I thought church membership was um, kind of like a membership, honestly, to like a country club or a Mm -hmm. gym or something like that. Or I thought church membership just meant I go to a board meet or like a a nonprofit kind of meeting once a year where I get to hear about the budget. Or I thought church membership was I get to just get a little bit more inside information than maybe some other people. And and to be honest, a a lot of it was just a really low view of church membership. And I don't Mm -hmm. think that's I'm not saying that like derogatorily towards people. It's just that's kind of where a lot of people from our um, stream of churches are at. And what Lehman does is he basically pushes really hard against that. And he would say that the mission of the church and the discipleship of the church is actually the responsibility of the church members, not just Mm -hmm. some paid staff, not just your pastors, not just a few leaders, but church membership and the congregation is the way that the church will actually like accomplish its mission to make for us, make and send disciples or to make disciples uh, of all the nations. So I think it's really helpful. Um, I should say that there's a, there's a few things in there that we probably wouldn't a hundred percent line up with. He, uh, if we try to find like a, a, a balance between, you know, in anything, we try to find a little bit of a balance. He, he is like really strong in this. This is like his thing. So if you've heard of Jonathan Lehman before, which I know a lot of you probably haven't. He's not like super famous, but um, his thing is like church membership, church discipline, stuff like that. So he's like really strongly on that. 
the reason I like it is it just pushes a lot of us more towards the center of what I think is a really healthy view of the congregation and the authority that people have in um, church membership. Hmm. Yeah. And so when he talks about church membership, how does he really define that? And what is the church in his definition? Yeah. So he, so let's start with what the church is. So he gives a definition uh, that says this, a church is a group of Christians who jointly identify as followers of Jesus through regularly gathering in his name, preaching the gospel and celebrating the ordinances, which, which, uh, or we call sacraments, which is like uh, baptism in the Lord's supper. So what he's saying is a church is a, a group of Christians that have um, basically uh, committed themselves to gathering together in Jesus' name, preaching his word, and celebrating the, the sacraments of Lord's Supper and Communion. Um, how we kind of talk about it in our membership class is we use the imagery that actually Lehman does in another one of his books of the church is like an embassy. So if you think of, uh, of a country's embassy, what an embassy is, is it is a, uh, uh, either a plot of land or a building of some sort in another country. So like for the United States, we have embassies in other countries, but that little plot of land is actually like American soil. That, that is um, American territory in another host nation's land. And what we would say is not geographically, but spiritually, um, the church is this group of Christians that are not necessarily um, of this world. We are now of another land. We are Jesus's and the kingdom of God's citizens while we're still in this world. And when the church gathers together, uh, we're like this embassy that's basically in another land, but we are here on behalf of our king. We're here on behalf of what he wants and our homeland. And Mm -hmm. so we try to use that um, illustration just to kind of think about what the church is. Um, And then I think it's helpful to know in his definition that the church then is the people that gather together, the people that hear the preaching of the word, the people that are committed to one another. I think that definition really was eye-opening for me as I went through the membership class. And so at Providence, we made sure that everyone went through the classes. And I thought that that was really beneficial because, yes, I'm on staff. And so I think, oh, you know, I'm already a church member. But this really gave me language and an idea around what it means to be a church member. And I never thought about it as representing my home country here on earth. And the church is a people, but what does that really look like? And so I feel like that gives you a lot of ownership in yeah. that. What would you say from um, either recent history or even let's say as you were growing up, because you grew up in a Christian household, how is your vision or view of just what the church is like changed? And it could be specifically from a membership class or just in general. Um, what did you think the church was or how has that like kind of grown or matured over time? Mm-hmm. My family was very involved. My mom always sung on praise team. They were in various leadership capacities in different churches. And so for me, I knew that you could be involved, but I think as I grew up and as we kind of moved churches, it was a little bit less involvement. And really when they would talk about membership classes, I would know, okay, you have three membership classes and you go. And I think really all you do is just learn more about the church and maybe vote. And that's probably it. So I really had this idea that the church more serves me. And sometimes you can volunteer to help with the church, but it wasn't really my responsibility to volunteer. And now I feel like my church view has completely shifted. And especially going through that membership class, even though I'm on staff, even if I weren't on staff, I would say, wow, I have a really big responsibility as a Christian to be the hands and feet of Jesus within my local church. And I need to be involved and I need to be volunteering because that's, 
what makes the church run and it's for all of us. And so I think that class was really cool because it made me go, wow, I have a lot more stock and say in my church than I ever would have thought. Yeah. I think one of the things that's helpful about church membership is to see, um, we've, we kind of talk about this. I think a lot of us have a, maybe a viewpoint of church as a whole, but then church membership as kind of like how we'd view a nonprofit. So I kind of mentioned this mm-hmm. before, but think about, um, well, even like a, a for-profit organization that maybe you're like a shareholder in, so we could use that illustration. So if you're a shareholder in a, in an organization, you basically, you kind of expect something out of this organization for you. You've kind of invested some money in it. So you have like something involved in it, but your involvement in the organization is, is probably extremely low and so there's a usually some sort of board uh like a governing board or some sort of leadership board and they really run the organization there's probably a ceo or a president or kind of a face of the organization and then you as a shareholder your responsibility is basically go to a shareholders meeting um vote on like just a few random kind of things or maybe a big thing but then the rest of it you kind of just let people kind of do their thing a lot of times I think we have that view of the church. So if mm-hmm. I'm a church member, we think I just kind of come and the real ministry and the real church is run by this like board, maybe behind the scenes. I don't know who the elders are. I don't know who these people are, but they're kind of the leadership people. There's a face, which is usually in our context, like the lead pastor. And so he's kind of the CEO or president. And he's the one who kind of does all the vision casting and he kind of does all the ministry. And then maybe there's some staff members like in an organization where they're kind of running around and doing their stuff. But really as a church member, I'm just like, I'm a shareholder. I invest mm-hmm. some money in them. I get some things out of them. And I go to this members meeting or shareholders meeting once a year and I get to hear about how things are going. And I think what's really helpful about this book is he like completely destroys that view. And he mm-hmm. just says that's not the vision of every member having the Holy Spirit inside of them. That's not the vision of every member being a part of the Great Commission. And that's not the authority that the congregation has. It's actually the authority that the congregation has is the authority of the church as a whole. It's not um, just for a governing board or for a pastor to do the ministry and to run the church. It's for every member to be a part of this. And I think that's just, it radically changes your view of how you are involved in the church, kind of like you mentioned. And so I think it's, um, it's really important for people to, to hold to that because I think otherwise, um, yeah, it's just really easy to skew our view of church membership to think that, yeah, like either I'm being served by the church or the real ministry and mission of the church is going to get accomplished by the staff, the pastor, or the elders. And what Lehman does is say, no, that's actually on you to make sure that we make disciples of all nations. Mm-hmm. So then how would you say the elders should act and the congregation should act after reading this book? Yeah, he does a really good job um, in one of the chapters of kind of describing that relationship. So again, I think most churches probably um, like lean on one side of there's a a certain view where kind of the elders do everything. So um, they are the ones who kind of handle all the issues, the members. Again, this is probably um, a little bit different than the the illustration I just gave, but basically the ministry and everything is kind of run from the elders. When there's church discipline cases, it's the elders. The The ministry moving forward, it's the elders. When there's votes, it's really the elders. And so that's kind of the, I'm a church member, but really I'm just here um, and the elders kind of do everything. The other side is um, people that have really poor leadership views. And so we, we try to strip down, you know, no hierarchy, no leadership. And so the congregation has all the authority. And so they kind of are responsible for everything and they don't really follow anybody. And they just kind of everyone's doing their own thing. Every little decision to, I mean, 
every dollar that's spent or, you know, people always give the illustration of like what color to paint the church or whatever. Like the congregation has to say in every single thing. What he does and where I think we're landing is if you're kind of nerdy and you like terms, uh, we would say it's <laughs> elder led congregationalism. So that's kind of the mm-hmm. technical term. Here's what it means. We think the final authority within the church lies within the church, the congregation. But what the church does is it recognizes elders or leaders to basically lead them in making decisions. And so there's a a kind of a mutual submission and respect going on. So the congregation Mm -hmm. is saying we respect our leaders and we trust them to make a lot of the decisions for our congregation. The elders, in turn, are not taking that and abusing power, but they're saying we actually don't have the final authority in a lot of these decisions, Mm -hmm. um, but we are going to do our best to lead the congregation where we think they should go. So, for instance, let's say when we um, accept new members into Providence, I think this is a good example of how this works. Um, when people go through the membership class, that's led by, um, the pastors. So we kind of run that class when we do membership interviews with people, that's an elder that does that or a pastor, um, that does the interviews, but we don't actually have the final say on who becomes a member. But what we do is we come to our members, the congregation, and we would say, Hey, through interviews, through this whole process, we believe, you know, that, um, Sam and Joey and Sally and whoever else, that these people are Christians, that they want to commit to the the mission of the church. And so we recommend that our church accept them for membership. But that's not on Jared and I. That's ultimately on the members to affirm them or to reject them as members of the church. And so that's the the, the church is basically relying on us to have done our hard work of making sure that these people really are Christians, that it seems like um, that they're all in. Um, but we're also not taking that power and saying, well, just because we think so, then they're in. But we give that back to the congregation mm-hmm. and say, but the final authority actually lies within you guys. So there's this elder-led side of it, but the authority actually finally rests on the congregation. Yeah. And do you mind defining pastor and elder? Here's uh, very quickly our stance on on this. We would say that a pastor and an elder is uh, a synonymous term in the New Testament. So you can look at a variety of different places. Um, Acts 20, when uh, Paul is talking to the Ephesian Uh, elders. He tells them that their responsibility is to be pastors and overseers. Those terms um, in the Greek, they're different, but when we translate shepherd or uh, pastor, elder, and overseer, those terms are just used um, synonymously throughout Acts 20, um, 1 Peter 5, 1 Timothy 3, Titus 1. They're all talking about the same role, but they're using different terms. And so that probably is for a whole nother podcast, but we would say that those terms are synonymous. So if you're a pastor, you're an elder. If you're an elder, you're a pastor. Um, now we have in our structure, so we're building out a group of elders right now that our members will affirm because that's their authority and responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, but we would say that even though Jared and I are, are paid vocational pastors, um, that those other uh, men that will be on the elder board will be pastors. So we're all the same. We all have the same responsibility, um, generally speaking, to shepherd the church and with the ministry of God's word for the church. But Jared and I are kind of set apart to do the, you know, you could say even kind of like the the first among equals. So we're all on the same level, like authority wise and responsibility wise. Jared and I have just been set apart to do this full time and to take on more responsibilities um, for the team of elders than maybe each other individual. 
Yeah. I think that's a good distinction because even when I was going through that class, that was something that you had brought up that I thought was very helpful because I would have thought, okay, the pastors end all be all more of a dictatorship, I guess, more than people being involved. So just to kind of wrap up, what would you say are some of the job responsibilities of church members that you have taken away from this book that has shaped our church? Yeah. So Lehman gives, uh, I think it's his final chapter. He gives seven different job responsibilities. We've kind of molded that and shaped that a little bit. So if you want to read the book, you can look at his seven. Um, But we basically brought it down. So in our membership class, we talk about five expectations of church members. So we say, uh, number one, that the expectation is that a church member uh, follows. And when we say that, we mean uh, follows Jesus first and foremost, that you're a follower of Jesus, that you follow your elders um, uh, and leaders in general, and then that you follow the whole church. And so this is a kind of a, a humility and submission type thing that we're not just individual rogue Christians, but we are a part of a community. And so part of following that is kind of submitting to the whole and the corporate rather than just the individual. So mm-hmm. that there's just a, a general sense of following. Um, the second one is that we would gather. So that's just that we would gather around with other Christians, Sundays, city groups, around dining room tables that we're just in community with other Christians. The third one is that we would proclaim and protect the gospel. Uh, so we would say that it is the responsibility of the church to um, not only share the gospel, to evangelize and to proclaim it, but we also are called to protect it. Um, so there's a handful of different verses that show that the the congregation, the church as a whole, our responsibility is to, God has given us this gospel message and we protect it from false teaching. Um, we protect it from basically anything that would like try to strip away aspects of the gospel. The elders lead in that. That's a charge given to the elders, mm-hmm. but it's really the responsibility of the whole church. So the elders kind of put guardrails and help teach the church how to protect it, but it's the responsibility of the church to do that. Uh, the fourth one is that we uh, would say that as a member, we contribute. Um, so there's a handful of things in that, whether that's giving, serving, um, just being a part of using your spiritual gifts in the life of the church, first Corinthians 12 through 14 basically says there's nobody in the church that's indispensable or mm-hmm. that's dispensable, right? Indisp- we're all there's indispensable. A- yeah. yeah. That basically everybody in the church has a role to play, has a gift that is supposed to be used for the good of the church. And so like you mentioned, Raven, nobody should come to church and think, okay, just what am I getting from this? But if you are a part of our church family, you are a blessing from God mm. to our church to use your gift to help our church be better and more healthy. And so mm-hmm. um, you're just a contributor in, in all different aspects. And then the fifth one is we say, enjoy uh, the sacraments. Or you could say participate in the sacraments. So again, that's the Lord's Supper uh, and baptism, that you would be a part of those um, sacraments in the life of the church. Yeah. So quickly follow, gather, proclaim and protect, contribute, and enjoy the sacraments. Yeah. And I think those are really great because they do shape the entire day-to-day life of our church. Yeah, totally. And so for people, very quickly ending, for people that are in our church right now or just in a church and they aren't church members, what would you say is just the final thrust to be in church membership and just go through that class? I think, um, historically speaking, I think the idea of being a Christian and not being a committed member of a church is um, a fairly new concept, and it's just... it's assumed in the Bible, it's assumed throughout all of church history that if you're a Christian, you're a part of a local church. And so I know that that's kind of argued uh, in our day and time, and I think that's heavily by 
um, our thrust of like individualism, to be honest. But um, so I would say if you're if you're a part of a church, whether it's Providence uh, or whether you're listening to this and you're part of another church, be a committed member of that church. That's the way that the church um, actually thrives on earth. It's the way that we together can make disciples of all nations. Um, you are healthier when you're a, a committed member of a church and the church is healthier when its members are committed to each other and to the mission. And so um so yeah, I would strongly urge become a church member, um, commit to this. Don't um, just kind of bounce around from church to church to church, um, but actually commit to a people over the long mm-hmm. haul, which I think is really healthy. Um, and if you're a church member at Providence, um, read this book because you're <laughs> supposed to. So read this book. If you are at another church, um, this book is is good. It's quick. It's easy. Um, but I would encourage you if you're not at Providence, uh, ask your pastor or talk to somebody about their view on church membership, what it means, the expectations, and, and ask them for a resource. You don't have to read this book, but read something or, or just learn about what that means to actually have uh, authority and responsibility in the church. Yeah. Thank you for joining us today as we discuss church membership, specifically Congregations Authority by Jonathan Lehman. The goal of this podcast is to connect to the story of God with the story of man. And so if you want to find out more about us, you can check us out at ProvidenceOmaha.org. If you have any questions, thoughts, or future podcast topics, please reach out. We would love to hear from you at formation at ProvidenceOmaha.org. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.